Welcome. Welcome to Europhile. I'm Kate Walker. And I'm Catherine Rory. Here we are, chatting again. (laughs) (laughs) Kat, how are you this week? What's going on? Nothing really at all. I've been watching a lot of scary movies. Nothing too serious, but I did see Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist for the first time. Okay. Really fun. You can tell me about it because I, I will never, <laughs> never, never They're fantastic. They stay in the Good. test of time. How are you this week? What's going on? Okay, Kat, I've had this dilemma for two <laughs> fucking days now. What? So... I tried to go to this bakery here. Mm-hmm. It's called Clark Street, and it's this really delicious bakery. And I don't think the guy is Swedish, but I feel like he might be married to, like, his wife is Swedish or something. So he has a lot of Swedish okay. pastries. So he makes that, like, cardamom roll, uh. cannabular, cinnamon roll. And then so he just started making these cream filled ones and they look so good god yum so i ordered one in advance yesterday and i get there mm-hmm. and they're sold out oh. and then today i went to get because <laughs> i was like i'm getting this fucking thing <laughs> i need to try it right, so i ordered it they texted me your order's ready i get there and they're like your order was never filled what and then how does so this they're happen? like it's sold out now. Sad face. Mercury. Mercury is in retrograde, and also I'm just not meant to try these stupid yeah. cream things. You need to get there at whenever they open, seven a.m. I know, but Cat, you yes. have yes, it's my main week. topic today. When this episode comes out, I think it's going to be the day before Halloween. So, and as I stated in the last episode, I love the spooky, creepy stuff. So today, I I actually, before I tell you what it is, mm-hmm. um, we're going to be traversing through France, mm. Switzerland, and Canada. So, <laughs> bopping all around. Okay. And I literally woke up at 1030 this morning, which is late for me. Because mm-hmm. I had nightmares all night, and they were inspired by this topic. Stop! <gasps> I think it's because okay. I've spent at least eight to ten hours of my life this week on this topic. Researching this. Researching okay. and listening to podcasts and watching a documentary. Okay. Without further ado, we will be talking today about a doomsday cult oh. that started in oh my God. Switzerland and France, moved to Canada. They are called the Order of the Solar Temple. Oh my God. I feel like I've heard of this. I'm sure you I have. I nothing. I know you love a cult. I love a cult. I, oh, I love a cult. How, why, when, where, Yes. what? <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> so, I have a lot of notes here. So. Okay. <laughs> this is a cult that started in the 1980s. It kind of started out as a bunch of fucking nerds. It always is, isn't yes, it? Yes, kind of fun nerds. They're into the Knights Templar. That's okay. fun. You know, Da Vinci Code. Yeah. Great. Historical esoteric groups signed me up. Okay. And they were essentially into Knights Templar and reincarnation and all that kind of fun stuff. Just kind of mm-hmm. looking for a way to combine science and Christianity. Okay. Somehow it turned apocalyptic and ended in the murder-suicide of 74 people from 1994 to 1997. Oh my god. I will preface this by saying because it was an esoteric group, meaning very secretive, we don't really know mm-hmm. much about it. 
Okay. We don't know much about the guys who started it because a lot of people end up killing themselves. So we don't, and they were, you know, a super secretive society. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we don't know a lot about it. So I'll kind of tell you what we do know about the two founders, their okay. beliefs and principles, and then how it turned horrific. Okay. Let's begin with these two okay. freaking weirdos. <laughs> the Order of the Solar Temple was started by two guys. We have Joseph DeMombro, which sounds mm-hmm. like a New Jersey... <laughs> like, yes. Doesn't that does. sound like a, a Jersey... Does he have a, a hoagie Italian? shop or something? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> he's actually French. Then the other member was Luc Jurey, who was born in Belgian Congo, quotes, which is now the, oh, obviously okay, the Democratic yes. Republic of the Congo. As I said, just two freaking nerds who... Okay. We're like searching for something else. Sure. They were super into Christianity. Luke went to college to be a doctor. And in college, he got into communism and, you know, what you can imagine a 50s, 60s, 20 or something year old to get into. Sure. He got really into homeopathy. Which, like that, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. Essential oils. Yeah. Just some alternative medicine mm-hmm. practice, all natural stuff. Yeah. We love to see it. No, I'm not poo-pooing that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, also get vaccinated, people. <laughs> For the love of God, get vaccinated. <laughs> and he also, so he was like a licensed homeopathic practitioner in France, but he okay. also pretended to be a psychologist and deceived no, a ton of people. Uh, something's loose. Very good at deceiving okay. people. And he was good looking, quote unquote. They always I mean, are. so they say. I looked him up. Yeah. Oops, fine. No Ted Bundy. <laughs> no, no Ted, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, I guess he wasn't in a cult, but. <laughs> Psycho you know. tendencies. Yeah. Well, he's much better looking than the blob human <gasps> that was Joseph DeMombro. <laughs> Not cute. Very okay. unfortunate looking. Like okay. frumpy, lumpy, crazy <laughs> hair, glasses. Okay. We we will not put that on Instagram because no okay. one wants to see. It. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Both pieces of shit anyway. <laughs> right. So here we have Luke on one hand, who is people love him, they're drawn to him. He has mm. gumption and he's a businessman. Mm. And then yeah. we have Joe Gross. And they really live up to both of their names, like Luke <laughs> yeah, right. and then Joe. <laughs> Joe, we don't know much about him at all. Okay. People hypothesize that he was schizophrenic. Mm. So he probably really did believe in himself and sure. all of these tendencies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he was really able to get other people to believe what he was saying because he was so into it himself. Yeah, he, people, be- he believed it. Right, yeah. yeah. Somehow they were, you know, they're running in the same circles of Western European New Age Christianity mm-hmm. homeopathic circles. Very mm-hmm. specific oh, circles to run very in. Niche. Yes. But, you know, I'll skip the backstory and these two meet and they decide to start their own group. Just a group. Okay. It's just a fun little religious group okay. in the beginning. I can tell you about some of their basic beliefs. Yes, please. As I'm, I'm going to keep the buzzword here is esoteric. Secretive, yeah, they're just we're, yeah. We're better than everyone else because we have the knowledge and everyone else is stupid. So it kind of started as a class. Luke would entice people in with homeopathic health mm-hmm. lifestyle teachings and like talk at bookstores and entice people in that way. It was kind of just 
people talking about science and Christianity and the occult, which is also fun. Who doesn't? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm into that stuff. It's fun to Mm -hmm. read about. I'm just going to go down a little list of things that they believed in. Okay. So they believed in reincarnation. Okay. I do too. I actually do believe in that. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely do. You know, our our psychic, cat and I psychic, (laughs) (laughs) we didn't do it at the same time. It's not weird. But (laughs) we had separate sessions and she told me that I was so drawn to Europe because I had a past life there. So it's probably the (gasps) same for Kat. I firmly believe and hope so. Yes. I was French and I was English. I know. Yes. Facts. Yeah. Cold hard. (laughs) True. Cold hard facts. (laughs) So yes, I believe in that. Amazing. Okay. Maybe you would have joined the order. I'm I'm still listening at this point. How's that? Right, yeah. I'm still listening to them. <laughs> uh, no, we would have maybe fallen for it. Just kidding. Mm. Come on. It starts and ends for us with reincarnation. Okay. Most people in the group was only one person reincarnated. Probably some sort of past, you know, a major Christian figure or like a knight or a okay. pharaoh. Make people feel like they have some clout. You are a special person. But of Ugh. course, Joe and Luke... There are several people reincarnated because they're the top oh. guys. So do you want to hear who okay. he was? He was yeah. a... Oh, yes, please tell me. He was a... He was King Tut. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> oh. You're not far off. Okay. He was a 14th century Templar knight, an Egyptian pharaoh. So there you go. Oh, okay. He could have been King Tut. <laughs> he was also one of Jesus's 12 apostles. And he was the <gasps> soldier who pierced Hyrule. Jesus on the cross, which I realized doesn't make sense because those people would have been living at the same time. Oh, you're, Jesus is one of his apostles and one of the Roman soldiers who pierced Jesus on the cross. Oh my God. Did no what one question that. So <sighs> there you go. Then Luke, just you wait. He was Jesus himself. No, Luke. <laughs> and he Luke. was St. Bernard doing? Clairvaux, who was the founder of the Knights Templar, and oh, who people God. say was Jesus reincarnated. So we got- Kat, let me just say, I love this already. I'm oh, fucking here for this. <laughs> it's so fun. So we had Jesus first, and then he was reincarnated as St. Bernard, and then okay. reincarnated as Luke. Wow. Direct line to wow. Jesus Christ. More beliefs. They mm-hmm. all members believe that they were descendants of the Knights Templar. Mm-hmm. They were trying to unlock secrets of the spiritual world through the pursuit of science and health. Okay. Oh, that this sounds is very fun. Nice. Through yeah. that. You know, it's fun statement. to imagine these things. It's really yeah. no one would have seen how crazy it would have become. So here you're just some wealthy nerdy people looking for something more looking to have some fun you know it's a secret society mm-hmm. knights templar that's juicy sure yeah. they wore some capes in their ceremonies mm-hmm. just weird nothing okay. too dangerous mm-hmm. they also i don't know if you've watched the vow on hbo but so I many have. of these things are reminding yes. me of nexium yeah it's like textbook cult exactly cult. Yeah. yeah. How many things define a cult? Tick, tick, tick. They're ticking off yeah. all the boxes here. Wow. They forced people to confess their sins so that they could exploit mm. them. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's like the collateral in Nixium. Yeah. Just yes. like that. So if someone wants yeah. to leave, you say, hey, I know all this shit about you. Yeah. 
we're going to tell everyone right if you leave this last belief that i'll mention is kind of what the turning point into Mm -hmm. doomsday murder suicide cult territory Mm -hmm. so eventually they started teaching what quote-unquote transit which means okay this is is where it gets weird i bet yeah okay (laughs) so (laughs) the world is gonna end someday and you know how it's gonna happen (laughs) well they knew how it's gonna happen through the explosion of super volcanoes and okay there's only one group of people who could survive and guess who it is no members of the order of the solar temple how on hoverboards or something (laughs) how is that happening glad you asked no they need to ascend the physical plane by jumping on a path of fire to the star sirius and a star sirius excuse me where they will shed their physical bodies and be reborn spiritually living on sirius according to luke this is a quote okay death is the ultimate stage of personal growth so once okay. you start teaching about death as a stage that you need to take, like yeah. that's when you're like, well, you know, yeah, let's like it inches back. out, let's inches just put out of on the room. some robes and talk about the Holy Grail. That's cool. Yeah, ingest some mint. Yes, mint tea. I have a list of their seven goals that I'll read to okay. you because yes. in classic, you know, secret society bullshit, they don't make any sense. <laughs> You can kind of parse it together, but some of them I'm like, huh? <laughs> Quick question. Mm-hmm. Do you think, like, I obviously don't know that much about cults, but do you think any cults have been, like, started by women? Mm-hmm. I haven't heard any. I'm not, yeah. like, negating that this... You're right. I mean, not um, famous cults. Sure. And, like, obviously there are women who are participating in cults, yeah. but starting cults... I guess I'd have to do more research, but I feel like that's interesting how it's like, we talk about all these cults and they're just like mm-hmm. started mainly by men. No, no, that's Something a good point. There. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So here are the goals laid out by Luke, which again was very confusing, but done on purpose because yeah, lay yeah. people, you know, the stupid normal people like ourselves mm, would not understand not jesus right <laughs> jesus he gets it <laughs> totally gets it so i'll go through these quickly we have number one establish correct notions of power and authority in the world obviously that's luke and joe yeah easy enough write it yeah. off Two, mm-hmm. affirm the primacy of spiritual over the temporal which is like spirituality over, over your goods Okay. Right. So that's fine. Three, give back man to the consciousness of his dignity. What? Next one. Okay. <laughs> like, I, co- I don't know, know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Help humanity through its transition. Again, lost on me. To death? Right. But I thought that we're not good enough to continue. Oh. oh I don't really get that. Okay. Five, participate in the assumption of the earth and its three planes body soul and spirit couldn't really tell you what that means okay um work towards the unity of churches is number six Uh, they don't really do that they're not trying to combine all of the religions as far as Mm -hmm. i know i don't get it and then last one 
prepare for the return of Christ in solar glory, meaning that the earth will explode and we'll all and the group will go to heaven. So okay. prepare for that moment. I'm serious. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. Oh my God. And Ugh. you know, not surprisingly, they left out mm. a ton of their other beliefs, which we don't really know much about. But it's like mm. Scientology, where there are several levels, and you had to pay money to get Yuck. to. That's so you know, gross. You start with a yeah. white cape, but you want a red cape, so you got to pay yeah. and you put in the work to get yeah. the red, and then you get the black, and then blah blah blah. They want people to be asking questions, and you say, "Oh, those answers will be in the next one." But then there's more questions in the next level. So then they uh-huh. need to figure out those questions and answers to get to the next. It's just like, yeah, literally textbook standard. Yeah, cult practices. Right, and Joe was the one putting together all of the books and stuff like that, and he said mm-hmm. that he learned all of this through his quote revelations, which surrounded the four sacred objects that he had seen physically. Oh he my had the god! The Holy Grail. Okay. The original menorah. The Ark of the Covenant and the Sword Excalibur. <laughs> oh, okay. You ha- you have the sword in your possession. Like, sh- can you show it to us? <laughs> Where are they, Joe or Luke? Yeah. Where are they? Joe. Well, both of them, Joe. I think, were like, yeah, it's both of us. We can jump into some of their practices. Okay. So they would take acid for these okay. ceremonies. I mean, that's kind of fun. And you know, <laughs> how- I've never personally done it, but I. I'm assuming that'd be fun. But, you know, how else can you manipulate people to have visions and ideas? Obviously, you just give them some acid and guide them, and they'll probably see whatever you want them to see. So, they would, you know, have their medieval robes, and they would get knighted, and there would be lasers pointing out of the walls, and all the walls were mirrored, and objects would materialize, such as the Holy Grail. No. And we're going to talk about that later, these objects materializing. Can you imagine in these polyester cloaks? No. And like, in the late 80s, laters, pew, pew. (laughs) It's like Star Wars. It's like... Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Nerdy weird stuff. Yeah. You know, there are cool nerds and then there are these crazies. Okay. Joe also would tell members who to marry. He would partner them up and marry them because he knew based on their past lives who would work well together. If a couple came into this, he would break them up. I don't know why. I guess it's just asserting control or something. And he would say, you can have kids or you two should never have kids because I have known you in past life and I just know that that's not going to work out. (sighs) This is funny. Luke would walk around curing people. (laughs) So imagine him like coming up to me like, oh, oh my God, Kate, I'm so glad you came because you had cancer, but I just cured it. and they would believe him like oh thank god you came i came to you and you cured Uh, me of cancer the cancer that i didn't even know that i had but my god i don't have to worry about anymore because it was gone in a second okay they would also attract really wealthy people because obviously they wanted to make money yeah this is so like classic and then the wealthy successful people would attract middle income Mm -hmm. people because they would see that person and think, oh, that successful person must be smart and they're here. So mm-hmm. I should be here with them. And th- 
also, of course, a wealthy person would show up and be interested and, oh, what do you know? They are some reincarnated special person. And so they would jump all the ranks. Ugh, They'd okay. the fucking money. Yeah. But the appealing thing was so that- So this is all in France at this point? Yes. Yeah. That's the hard thing is that it was kind of hard for me to understand when they are in certain locations. Okay. But we'll get to the promised okay. land okay. in a little bit. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> So the thing that was nice about it for members is that they got to live on their own. They still got to have their jobs. So it was very livable. The wealthy people could continue living their wealthy lifestyles. They didn't have to live in a commune. Mm -hmm. They could eat whatever they want. There was no control like that. Mm -hmm. So I think people thought that they were still had control over their lives. And even their friends and family did not know that they were in the cult. Okay. They seemed totally normal masquerading it's like this normal mm -hmm. group exactly Ugh. and the last thing i'll say before the promised land this is you know because what cult doesn't have matters of sex come into play <laughs> so okay. joe and luke later on said that they started needing sex to be spiritually revived no. of course you know as it always goes so they could demand sex of any member that no. they wanted. Yep. No. And they started to introduce nudity into ceremonies, specifically female nudity. Mm -hmm. This is like eyes wide shut. Right. You know, just because they could and people, no one said no. And yeah. that's as much as well. It's because they don't say no because they're brainwashed. Mm -hmm. Why would they question mm -hmm. it at this yeah, point? Yeah, exactly. And I'll leave it at that. We don't need to dive into that. Yeah. So to the promised land, obviously what cult doesn't have a promised land. And if you think about the end of the world and what one place will be safe after the volcanoes erupt, mm -hmm. of course it's Quebec. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Quebec. I mean, lovely place. Maybe think like an island or something or like, yeah. I don't know. Of all places. Yeah. You know, I kind of figured out there are several reasons why in the middle of Canada it makes sense because the, we got the French language. Sure. You got yeah. it's just far enough away to be a pilgrimage. Sure, you can't say, "Oh, it's in you know Ireland." That's a yeah. two-hour plane ride. What European is like trying to make a pilgrimage to like the Americas because right. of like this like a. <laughs> huge significance normally it's like the other way around right that's wild and quebec was still you know it's a lovely city it's still luxurious enough to excite well, the wealthy okay. members it's a classy place that people have taste there so they set up a clubhouse okay. there it's just kind okay. of like a meeting place they don't really because they still also were mostly in switzerland and france so now let's turn into when things started getting fucked up <laughs> they aren't already oh yeah okay Ugh, so yeah. things start brewing in the worse. early 90s let's okay. not forget it was 94 when the murder suicides start so okay. remember how i said the holy grail and the min original menorah etc sword excalibur would materialize during their ceremonies mm -hmm. it was through special effects done no. by one of their members <laughs> Named Tony Dutois. He was a member, obviously, but and he didn't share this information with other members of the cult. For the greater good of the cult, 
let's not upset people and let's let them think that the real holy grail is actually materializing right now so he was fine to you know mm-hmm. to do his work and keep it quiet mm-hmm. but this will come into play members started to leave because joe and luke were crazy wealthy joe had like 12 houses and a ton of wealth <laughs> and they they knew they were making it all from them so people started to leave Joe's son found the fake Holy Grail Excalibur in a closet and was like, dad, what the fuck? And he told people and he left. Yeah. Joe and Luke were believed to both have cancer start to like creep up. Okay. People questioned that about Luke, but Joe was getting very ill Uh and the Canadian government was looking into them as a potential terrorist organization because Mm. there were other terrorist groups at the time and they kind of just had their eye on them. So mm-hmm. Joe and Luke, they're both allegedly dying. People are leaving. Canadian government's looking into them. They're getting super paranoid, mm-hmm. losing their grasp on this cult, you know, which is like the perfect mm-hmm. concoction to be like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, now's the time to do some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. What better way to assert themselves than saying, oh, the end of the world is here now, essentially. Mm-hmm. Very graphic warning, and I'm not okay. going to go into any details. Sure. Okay. Because it's too horrible. Yeah, yeah. So Tony Dutois, the special effects guy, left the cult. When it was one of the many members, he and his wife left the cult. Several months later, he and his wife had a son named Christopher Emmanuel. Joe had banned the use of the name Emmanuel because he was associating it with like a demonic name because it was the opposite of his daughter, Emmanuel, who they thought was their savior. Like capital S, savior, was Joe's daughter, Emmanuel, who was, quote, Born of Immaculate Conception. (laughs) Oh my God. So here we have the Savior Emmanuel, born of Immaculate Conception, but she was the daughter of Joe and another member named Dominique. Mm -hmm. Now we have two ex-members who have just named their son Christopher Emmanuel. And Joe sees this as the birthing of the Antichrist. So now we have this infant Antichrist who was going to come and take over... And, like, prohibit them from reaching their spiritual plane. Yeah. Life on Sirius. So, like, fuck. Let's get into this. Yeah, okay. So, Tony and his wife were still friends with some members. So, this is in Quebec. Mm -hmm. Some of the members asked, hey, let's have a dinner. Come to this cabin. Dominique was there. And she and an accomplice, his name was Joel, another member, they kill the whole family. The three of them. The no, infant oh my god mom and dad oh terrible my god. then they clean up the scene go back to switzerland and they have a, the group has a last supper then this couple flies back to quebec and they kill themselves and like set the place ablaze a few hours later a chalet in switzerland blows up containing 23 members. A few Mm -hmm. hours later, another neighborhood in Switzerland, they had a series of three chalets next to each other. That blows up. Inside were 25 members, including Joe and Luke. But based on what they could find, what cops and the investigators could find in the wreckage, it was murder-suicide because some were found with bullet wounds to the head where someone else clearly did it. There was tons of champagne bottles on the ground. So people think Uh they They drugged them or something. It was a celebration. It was, you know, a party. Most people did not think transition was real. They thought it was a metaphor. (gasps) Right. Sorry, I did not mention that earlier. 
So only my God, maybe only like 15 people knew what it really was. And other members, dozens of others didn't know. So they probably were drugged, had no idea what was happening. No wonder you were having nightmares about this cat. Yeah. Horrific. And then some were found with garbage bags over their heads, but with bullet wounds, meaning that, that, and these people were labeled as traitors. So they must have left the group at some point and maybe like Tony and his wife were kind of enticed back. Yeah. So dozens of people found dead. Mm -hmm. That was October 4th, 1994, across Mm -hmm. two towns in Switzerland and Quebec, all Mm -hmm. obviously timed very well. Then Mm -hmm. a year and a half later, 16 more members were found dead of murder-suicide in Grenoble, France. Even though their founders are gone? Yeah, I guess some were offended and sad that they weren't taken on this initial trip with everyone else. They were found dead in a forest in like a sunburst pattern. Somehow they were able to arrange that. And then the last group was in March of 1997. Five more members took their lives in Quebec. I think it was two couples and maybe a friend. Mm -hmm. And they tried to kill their three teenagers. And the teens obviously knew something was wrong. And they said, mom and dad, just let us take sleeping pills. Somehow they convinced their parents. They were terrified. But convinced their parents to let them take sleeping pills. They faked it. And they had to take the pills, but they woke up the next morning and all of their parents were dead. Okay. So that's the horrible story of the Order of the Solar Temple. From a freaking nerd cult to murder, suicide. doomsday cult, yeah. 74 people from 1994 to 1997. Awful. Well, thank you for sharing. That's insane. I'm so glad I didn't have to research this because, wow. (laughs) It was such an undertaking. Oh my God. But But you you did a great job. You made it concise. Thank you. I tried. Oh my God. Crazy. I mean, honestly, it's just, this is the third time I'm saying this, but like textbook cult practices. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like there is a formula no about it. to this. And uh, time and time again, people succumb because their leaders yeah. are brilliant, mm-hmm. horrible people. Yeah. It's like using this logic. I mean, things that do make sense and things we've been taught our whole lives or whatever. And mm-hmm. especially if you're Christian or religious yeah. in any way, you have faith. And so you can be, I'm not saying everyone who has faith can be manipulated, but I'm saying like some people are more susceptible Mm -hmm. if they have this like aspect of like, I don't need proof. I don't need everything to like make sense right now. You know, I have faith in this thing. Or people who are just searching for more. Yeah. They're they're so desperate. There's always going to be people like that. There's always going to be people who are insecure, who are... Yeah, just always seeking for yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Their time here is the most ideal mm-hmm. and they need some form of belief system that works for them, you know? Right. So can we and please- just getting taken advantage. Transition of. to this into something more fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. okay. I do it. have a cute little story for you. And it's going to stay in France. So my topic today is about French lace. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. Okay, cool. Some levity. Perfect. That we need. A little background. 
lace is not actually French. Okay. It was really Italian and like Belgian. Okay. And it was said that Catherine de' Medici introduced lace to France. Ooh. Yes. Love and a Catherine. Is- <laughs> oh, our patron saint or <laughs> She's not our patron saint, but St. Catherine is our patron saint, which I actually kind of researched her a little bit, and there's a few, so I might do a few something. There's a few St. Catherines. Mine is Catherine of Siena. Oh, well, yes. I mean, there's another one who was kind of a nightmare. Whatever. We can get into that another time. So lace was originally made in cloisters with these highly skilled nuns. You know, it was meditative work. It's like this idea of how, especially in Catholic religions, how churches and clothes are all ornate. Like this celebration Mm. of beauty brings you closer to the beauty of God. You're celebrating life. So it could take days, weeks, or even months to finish these pieces. Mm. And from the design, laces can actually be traced from origin and time when they were made. Okay, that's cool. Yes. Genoa and Venice were really the first capitals of lace in the Western world. And Belgium, France, and Holland provided this fine, fine linen that doesn't exist anymore. But it was the first raw material for lace. But then they could make silk fine, they could make cotton fine, and Mm -hmm. they still use linen, but it's not the same type. So in the 19th century, the Industrial Revolution happened. There was this guy, he was called Nottingham John Heathcote, and he patented this machine. It's sort of said that it's like the granddad of all lace looms. So it's a loom, it's a machine, you know, we don't need hands painstakingly Mm -hmm. taking months to make pieces. Mm -hmm. And so this guy, John Levers, modified it for the specific type of lace that was popular in Europe at the time. This lever's loom is what we think of today as like the the loom for lace. Okay. And so it weighs several tons. It makes Oof. a lot of noise and you have to be like really strong to actually operate it. I don't know if anymore, maybe they machinated it or whatever, mm-hmm. where you don't have to physically move oh, it to right. loom, but it takes precision. It still takes immense precision and training to loom the fibers on it. So it's still considered like this art form. Like there is sort of this quotation mark, handmade specialty artisanship towards this. Okay. During World War One, there was this economic blockade. So in England, this loom was made. And so they black market like smuggled it into France, into Calais. So now when we think of lace, we think of Dantel de Calais. And it's this really fine lace that's made in Calais in Northern France. And I was actually introduced to this by one of our favorite consciously made brands, Maison Cleo. Uh, And she made, she, it's this girl who's, who's like our age and she just uses these dead stock fabrics that are either by luxury houses in France. And this summer, she made this capsule collection of dead stock lace trims. And she sewed them all together. And there's just these like cute little romantic tops. They were perfect, a perfect collection. Yes. 
I know. So I wanted to dive in a little bit because she mentioned in her like Instagram stories that there's all of these companies going under. They're not making this Duntel to Calais anymore oh. because it's much cheaper to make it in like Portugal or even China. Mm-hmm. But Duntel de Calais is like an appellation, which is means it's just like a registered and protected trademark in oh, France. So okay. it's just like like a Bordeaux, like a Champagne, like all of it is protected in France. Wow, that's so and special. Yeah, that's the story. Perfect. Oh, I love of that. Duntel de Calais. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> her and Maison Cleo on their Instagram stories going through and showing us, you know, these warehouses and showing all of this dead yes. stock lace that was so beautiful in different Painfully patterns. Fully beautiful. Oh. Okay. So Kat and I discussed how we kind of want to move forward. So I think we want to get a little interaction with you guys. Please. And so we were saying like, oh, wouldn't it be so fun if people started sharing their travel stories to Europe with us? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I know some of you have maybe R-rated stories. <laughs> Which we love that to hear. I would love, please send those yes. to us. I might have to filter it a little bit because I know my mother listens and she yes. might have a heart attack. But or just don't listen to this episode, or mothers. Don't, or Barb. <laughs> yeah. Just fast Joan and forward. Bob, my parents. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that. Or we'll keep people's names private. But the, yes. the point is, we can want be anonymous. Your juicy, fun stories. Really like sweet stories, even. Yes. You know? Well, that too. Anything. Just anything special that you love to relive and that you love to share yes. because we want to share it with everyone else too. Yes. So I know. That Kate, you have a fun story for me I today. I have a story for you. I mean, I have a few travel stories, but this is sort of my first one that I wanted to share that kind of is like a, how in the hell did that happen? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let me take you back. It was 2007. I just turned 18. My best friend, Sydney. Hi, Sydney. Hi. Um, (laughs) We went to London with our moms. Cheerio. (laughs) We're staying in this cute little flat in Chelsea. It's just adorable. So we just graduated high school. We're wearing gaucho pants all around. (laughs) Layered tank tops. Oh, yes. Yeah. And did we shop there? Oh, yes, we did. Mm. Primark, Topshop. Camden Market. Portobello Road. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure I bought some potentially toxic knockoff Mac products on Portobello Road. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's great. (laughs) So starting the story, there is a little, it just starts a little bit on a downer note. So we get to London and this is the summer that, this is the week actually, I was there when this happened. There was bombings in the tube and then on the buses. Oh my God. This is like before our cell phones had the news, you know, we didn't know any of this this was happening. Yes. So we were there. We were there in London when this happened. Wow. We stopped taking the tube just out of precaution, but took buses around. One day I was feeling kind of sick. This is when I was like really, I got strep throat all the time. I got strep throat in London. 
Oh, so, miserable. So like three days I was like in this little flat. Oh. So sad. I couldn't go around. So like the gardens or whatever. Anyway, poor me. So we're getting ready to leave. You know, we have, a, but we do have a fantastic time in London. We have mm-hmm. a great time before that, whatever. So <laughs> I get to leave and picture this. We are literally in Heathrow. Mm-hmm. I am looking at my gate. You're showing the guy your your printed ticket. Yeah. <laughs> you did not have that your cell phone. <laughs> You're showing your printed ticket with your passport. And then he's like, this expired last year. <laughs> <laughs> like. Oh, no. So the 2006, we thought was the 2008. <laughs> and you were on... able to leave the country? You were able so to leave the U.S.? No one, no one caught it except this gate agent. <laughs> I'm literally, we're literally, I have strap throat. We're looking at the plane. Is, is your mom's fine? Is It's just your my, passport? My, my, my mom is fine. Like, Sid and her mom are at the, we're like, leave. <laughs> leave us. <laughs> and the gate agent is like, ma'am, you're going to have to leave your child. And my mom was like crying, like, no, she has strap throat. I can't leave her. <laughs> And then, oh my God. so he's like, you know, well, you can try getting in. I mean, it's your own country. Yeah. So when I got to the U.S., did I have a problem? Nope. <gasps> you have a problem. Wow. He could have, he Isn't or that, she, they could okay, have easily so not let you go. I left the U.S. <laughs> with an expired passport. No one caught it. <laughs> No one caught it. I mean, I looked at it. My mom looked at it. The gate agents looked at it. Like, everyone looked at it. And no one caught it except this gate agent. Isn't that wild? Yeah. (laughs) I cannot imagine the stress. With your throat being like, yeah. I have a very similar story, but I'll save it for another time. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We'll drop fun little stories like this throughout the series yeah but yeah <gasps> please let us know your stories like it can be this it can be something else it can be you please. fell in love with a random stranger please. oh god well, like I would just die please yeah. please send those in <laughs> email us at cuckoo.eurofile at gmail.com and we mm-hmm. will read out your fun mm-hmm. emails or d- dm us too we'll read yeah. those mm-hmm So to wrap things up, Kate, would you Mm -hmm. like to share the word of the day that you found? Yes. Um, So in honor of, I just watched Amelie and one of my, (laughs) you might not like this word, but it's, it's my favorite word. (laughs) It's like a memorable moment in this movie. I've seen Amelie. Mm -hmm. It's been years. So I don't remember, I don't remember it very well. It's leaving HBO, so you should watch it. Oh, okay. That's why I kind of like watched it, Mm because I was like, let's re-up on this. I, and it's just as charming and lovely and quirky Mm -hmm. and just, colorful, just so good Mm -hmm. as you remember. So there's this part where one of the, the grocery workers, you know, the really cute little one who like delivers groceries to people. Okay. He says... Schufler, and that means cauliflower. <laughs> oh, <Schufler. laughs> That's cute. I never knew that. Yeah. I never learned that vegetable. And it's also mon petit chou yes. is chou, schufler. Oh, that's one of my favorite yeah. pet names in French, mon petit yeah. chou. 
Oh, that's so cute. Our family friend told us that that means my little puff. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was oh, cute. Oh, well, shoe, shoe pastry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, that well, that's makes adorable. Shoe fleur. I just think it's so cute. Merci. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining on this wild cult journey today. I, seriously. <laughs> it was, like, depressing. It was... Yeah, I'm kind of glad it's behind me. (laughs) It's a good job. Well, thanks again for tuning in, everyone. And we'll catch you next week. Ciao. Ciao.